So instead of standing there and using some of the words that even a sailor would probably have to get out <laughs> in front of them, we need to tell these people, you know, but to make you mad, just say, you know, I forgive you and God loves you. Now they're probably standing there waiting on you. They got their defense ready. They're waiting on that first slang word to come out and they're ready for you. But if you say something like, I forgive you and I love you and God loves you, chances are you're going to catch them totally off. They're going to be blank. And it might get them to thinking, to let the peace of God rule. They might even ask you, hey, but what have you got inside you that makes you this type of person? And there's our opportunity, a door open. But it says, to which also you were called into what? One body. And what body are we talking here? We're not talking about our physical body. We're talking about the church. The same as our hands and our feet and our heads and our hearts and all. Keep this one physical body in order and in shape. That's the same thing. Each and every one of us as members of the church, we need to work hard, pray, to keep everyone in fact, and I'm not talking about rule everybody's life. I'm saying that we need to encourage one another. And by, by doing this, we just make sure that our relationship is in check with God. This piece is available only to who? <clears throat> to those who have been cleansed by the blood of the cross. We see in Colossians 1 and 20. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now this peace includes an absence of conflicting desires. Harming in the words. It's maintained through Christ. We see rule. Rule or act as an umpire. Much of the division in the churches is a resort of members calling their own balls or their own strikes, their own fair or their own fouls. We have to realize that we have an objective umpire, umpire with an objective rule book. In other words, we have a heavenly father that's calling the shots, he's calling the plays. And his rule books is the Holy Bible. Now you say, well, now that player might not have known that he was breaking it. He did not know there was a penalty against that. He had the rule book to study by. He had a coach to instruct him. The same thing with us. We can't go out and say, well, God, I'm sorry for doing that. I know that was a sin. We have a Heavenly Father judging us. We have His Word telling us if it's a sin or not. And we have His children should be out telling people what His Word says about it, teaching them. But as I said, that we have this Heavenly Father. We have to allow and rely on this Heavenly Father, this umpire, so to speak, and His rule book. I don't know. I have kind of backed off a great deal on watching NFL football. I'm, I'm a college man. But the other night, Thursday night football, if anybody called it, that was a wonderful game. Well, my team won, so it was an excellent game. But it was the Falcons and St. Louis, or the New Orleans Saints. The Falcons, New Orleans Saints, both teams were, they were on top of their game. It was head to head, they, they had no worries. I thought my Falcons had messed up again. But point I'm getting at is that that both teams were doing their best, and it got down to the end of the game. Just a few minutes left. Luckily, my team had scored and was just a few points ahead. But that other team was so good that we weren't breathing lightly, even though we had a minute or two left. But my point is, 
we got down to it. They were in New Orleans, uh, in the Saints uh, area. In other words, they too far to kick a field goal. We were third and long. For one, for y'all, not up to four, the sports line, you only get four tries. If you don't make 10 yards every four tries, then you got to get the ball over. We were third and long. Didn't look too promising. The other team could have got the ball and they would easily field goal range. But their head coach gets so mad, he runs out on the field hollering and screaming at the umpire. The umpire throws the flag. 15-yard penalty out of my first down. Atlanta Piper scored. We take the game. Now, don't take away that we intercepted the last, when the last play of the game, we intercepted the ball, and it, of course it was over with them. But these players lost the game, and I don't believe, and according to my looks of all the uh, fans that was on TV and the ones sitting around watching the game, those players didn't lose it. That head coach lost it for them because he lost his temper. He ran out and tried to tell the umpire, the man that played in charge of the whole game, how he should do and what he should do. The point I'm making here is that that's where we're going to get in trouble. When we try to tell God, I know what your book said and I know what you said, but uh, I don't think it's right. Well, you know what? It don't matter what. I think if God's word tells me not to do it, or if it tells me to do it and I don't do it, I'm messing up either way. We got to go by what God's word tells us. Just me saying that or believing that it's wrong, don't change it, make it right for us. But I said here that, in other words, we are not free to make up our own words here in life, ball game, but mostly in our worship to God. We must let God's word govern our minds and our lives. All in the church can be at peace. Be united. If all follow the word and only the word, be thankful. Continuously to show your gratitude. This can be demonstrated in our singing, in our prayers, and in our giving. Do we show God how thankful we are by the amount that we give, by the way that we sing? Hebrews 13 and 15 tells us, Therefore by him let us continuously offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Many times that we, let's just take this past week, and I've asked this many times. Have we talked to someone about what I want for Christmas or what I'm getting someone else for Christmas, what I'm going to do or what I have to do it? Now stop and think as you get that figure in your, your mind or close to it. How many times did you tell someone what God has done for each and every one of us? How many times have you told someone the wonderful gift that Jesus Christ gave to each and every one of us? That's what we need to be considering upon when we go to talk to people about gift giving. And then we get to sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I think Brother Reggie does a wonderful job. I'm not joking with him, back and forth and everything, but he does a great job. Colossians 3 and 16 tells us here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. <coughs> Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. It's telling us that to let the word of God or the word of Christ do well in us richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing. We need to study God's word. Ponder. When I say study, I don't mean just read it once and then go out and talk about it. 
We need to study God's Word and then go out and talk to people about it. Help them. Help them study God's Word. But we need to also do it in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, if you notice at the end of that verse, it says, Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Not one word in there is interpreted as singing, to say you're singing with perfect harmony in every pitch. It says, Sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In other words, it don't matter what you sound like. I believe it. it don't matter what you sound like, as long as you're singing the right words, the right meanings in your heart, and you're praising the Lord, then sing out. The word must dwell, or in other words, abide in us, and make its home fully and completely, not partially. I mean, if we just uh, good Christian folks here, when we in the assembly, we got to the world, then we were a worldly people. It's not going to do us any good. It's going to be a little worse than being lukewarm. And we know what the Bible says about God lukewarm. We need to be fully and completely. One way to score this have been sown is in the area of worship, especially music. When you look out at the world and the denomination now, Scripture tells us to sing and sing on. Those who don't follow the word totally and say that mechanical instruments and music are acceptable, they're sowing discord and break up this Christian unity. This is exactly what happened among God's people in the mid to late 1800s. We ask, well, what does this passage teach? Well, first of all, we are to sing. The instruments we play is in our hearts. We need to pluck the strings of the heart. Our emotions need to be moved. There is great power in singing. Our whole being should be involved when we're singing. Another lesson is sing with grace. We should indicate thankfulness, gratitude on our part for God's rich blessings. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. We're not singing to impress some, uh, someone sitting beside us or sitting around us. We are singing, making melody in our hearts to show the Lord our appreciation. Nevertheless, it's teaching admonish. We must sing only songs which teach spiritual truth. We need to understand the meaning of the words and concentrate on the meanings of the hymns. We studied songs. We went in really far in depth in one of our songs. So anytime that if you feel like, well, that, that song's not scriptural, just bring it to one of the brothers' teaching, and I'm sure we'll all get together and we'll have a good study on it. We should never sit there and say, well, I don't believe this song is right, but I'm going to sing it anyway. We should be close enough as a family to you know, do it in a nice, respectful way and study that and make sure that everyone is, the words that we're singing are, are right words. And fourthly, we should sing, we all should sing who are able, whether good singers or not singers. One another implies that the whole assembly should jointly participate. Hebrews chapter two, verse 12, even says that I would declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. There are no, there, there's no, we're not told to have choirs or 
to have a solo or stuff like that. We're all told to sing unitedly together. Let us always remember God is listening as we sing praises to him. Psalms 100, the Psalms of Thanksgiving. It tells us to make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And his truth endures to all generations. And then we get to the song, the part about the song we just sang. Do all in the name of the Lord. Colossians 3 and 17, that we just read, I'm going to read it again. It says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever, it's everything, no exceptions. Word or deed, doctrine, practice. What we say, the action we do. Both are included. In the name of the Lord Jesus, by his authority, act in accordance with his will, his instructions. And if you're not sure what you're doing or what you're thinking or isn't uh, according to his will. Go back to the Word of God. Don't matter how many times you've read the Bible. If you're like me, every time you read something, you find something different. Now, it's not saying that the words are changing. It's just saying that I've overlooked something. That's why we need to be like Berean. We need to study God's Word diligently. I mean, it's good to have a brother and sister you can call upon the phone and hey, I'm going through this. Talk to a brother and say, I'm going through this. And uh, I've seen this verse here. Is this what it means? That's good. We should all be ready to discuss. And, no, we shouldn't. I just say get up and argue and debate God's Word. We all need to study God's Word together. But it's better to read and study it ourselves and then go and ask. And then I study it together. Because if it's not in the will of God, when we do it, we're going to be judged for it. Those things which are authorized are those things to which he has given his stamp of approval. He has put his name on them. We must respect his, his authority because they are his and his alone. And he is the head of the church. Colossians 1 and 18 tells us, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. His name is above every name. We see in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 2, 9 and 11 tells us, Therefore God also has highly exalted, has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and those in heaven and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. How many times, I'm not talking about just here in the, in the assembly, line. how many times has our tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father? How many times have our knees bowed in respect to God the Father? We need to steady everything we do or say 
need to be based upon God's word. We need to always stop and after a little bracelet you say, what would Jesus do? We need to always stop and ask ourselves and pray and ask God for the wisdom. When we go into an interview or a discussion or a meeting or anything, we need to pray. And that's one thing I've told you, and well, everybody knows it now, before I have any kind of a public meeting, it don't matter if it's just a special hearing or just meeting, we're going to, first of all, we're going to have invocation. We're going to have prayer. And then, uh, of course, you know, we do the Pledge of Allegiance. But I always start every lesson with prayer and asking God for the wisdom, asking to be with us. Because everything we do and we say should be honorable and showing honor to our Heavenly Father. Because of His being Lord of our lives, we, sum we must submit to Him. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Luke 6 and 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Have we been guilty of that? Have we called ourselves and go out and proclaim to be Christians and then get mad or for some reason just go off and do worldly things? And through, many, through the years, many have set up other standards of authority. Feelings are subject and often change. On judgment day, some will feel that they were saved, but were not. Matthew 7, 21 and 20 through 23 tells us that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? But then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye who participate and lunacyness over iniquity. Uh, another thing is alleged visions, visions or experiences. Some claim that an angel told them how to be saved. Galatians chapter 1 verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accused. And then we have councils, conferences, creeds. These do not have power to give or change God's law. James chapter 4, verse 12. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? None of these would judge you on the last day. John chapter 12, verse 45. John 12 and 45. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. Do all in the name of the Lord. These words should guide our worship in every way. They should guide our daily lives. Playing in a mechanical instrument's music cannot be done in the Lord's name. Only singing brings with this seal of approval. The Lord's Supper must be taken as is authorized. And the assembly on Sunday with bread and fruit of the vine, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Giving also is done in a certain way. <laughs> First Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the church of the Galatia, so you must also do. On the first day of the week, let every one of you lay something aside, storing it up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Even praying is to be engaged in properly. 
according to 1 John 5 and 14. 1 John 5 and 14 tells us, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Finally, we are to preach the gospel, not politics, philosophy, or philosophies of men. That is all that is authorized. Preach the word. 2 Timothy 4 and 2 tells us to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Now in conclusion this morning, we need to let the congregation here always, my, my, my prayer and my ask is let the congregation here always be known as one who practices only those things authorized by the word of God. Then we can all be perfectly joined together, united on the rock, in the name of Jesus Christ. We need to let, let people know that we are children of God. We are subject to God's rule. We don't change God's word just because it brings in a big group of people. We study God's word because it brings in a quality group of people. It get, allows us to be able to go out and share with other people and then we can be known as well, this is what they said, and I've studied it, and this is what the Bible said. So when we say something to someone about God's Word, it should be the same thing if they read it themselves, and we can see exactly what God tells us. So whatever need may be, you need to be baptized and become a child of God. Maybe you've already been baptized, but for some reason or other, the devil's grabbed a hold of you and stepped out. Maybe he's trying to pull you out now, and you need the prayer and the encouragement of the congregation. We should come forward this time and we stand and sing our song of invitation.